As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. was not out of work for long, being scooped up by the L.A. Chargers to take over for offensive coordinator duties. As for Dallas, the possibility remains that head coach Mike McCarthy will call plays, which he did a majority of his time in Green Bay. That should be the only thing that Mike McCarthy should be doing, is calling the offensive plays, because he's done it before. When you become a head coach because you were an offense or a defensive coordinator, in my opinion, you don't give that up. You're supposed, even when he came to Dallas, he should have been calling the plays. I understand Kellen Moore was there and Dak Prescott had a good year. So he said, okay, let's keep that intact. Now they realize, okay, it's probably best for me to maybe get back to doing what I did best. Cowboys offseason is underway. Changes have already begun. Cal Moore's out. Dan Quinn's in. We'll talk about it all here on this episode of About Them Cowboys. Welcome in. I'm Kent running things behind the scenes and introducing three of the best of the best when it comes to breaking down all things Dallas Cowboys from The Athletic. He's your stars and Cowboys guy, Saad Youssef. Also from The Athletic, he's your full-time Cowboys guy, Father John Bishota. And from 97.1 The Freak, The Speakeasy. Here he is, your host, the multi-talented Kevin K.T. Turner. All right. Thank you very much, Kent. Appreciate it. Hope everyone's uh, doing well out there. Staying safe if you're in the DFW area. Obviously, we've got uh, big national listeners as well, uh, or, or fans from afar. Here we are trying to figure out what in the world's going on in Cowboys land, and it's been a chaotic week. If you're settling in to watch NFL Championship Sunday, I definitely... It didn't love seeing the news uh, that Kellen Moore was being let go just because I thought it was wrong. I thought John should have been able to sit down and really lock in on uh, Bengals and Chiefs. But instead, John had to get those uh, fingers, those typing fingers activated and going because the Cowboys did a news dump on Sunday. Uh, what was your reaction when you found out the news Sunday afternoon, John? Yes. So I was actually going to go to... Uh, Chiefs Bengals, but then when I saw it was going to be 20 degrees, I was like, I'm not, I'm not sitting out in that. I've done that before uh, in Lambeau and at a Notre Dame night game, and 
Uh, it's just not worth it for me on top of a, <laughs> what would have been a seven hour drive. But I was, I mean, I was fascinated in that, but of course, like you said, I don't get to enjoy anything when you cover this team. No, uh, it's not a surprise. <laughs> it's not a surprise that, that Calmore is out just because of the fact of the season didn't end where they wanted it to, uh, as good as the offense has been, it's been far too, con- too inconsistent the last two years when they've played their better teams and then let's just be honest, when Mike McCarthy talked to us on Thursday and was non-committal about Kellen Moore's future and, and 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 saying how he had to talk to him over the weekend, that's never going to be good for your for your offensive play caller. So um it sounds like Kellen Moore had a chance pretty quickly to get something else lined up because, you know, whatever, not even a full day later, and he's already the San I mean the uh Los Angeles Chargers uh OC. And so that'll be interesting to follow because he's obviously got some interesting weapons over there with the Chargers. And uh, I know we'll get into all this, but I'll just say real quickly, um, that story won't be going away because the Chargers are going to have a good offense. And I don't get the sense that the Cowboys are going to hire somebody as OC that's really going to get the fan base pumped. We'll put it that way. Before we go to you, Saad, I just want to say this. John has got an article up, seven names you might want to know. Uh, as the Cowboys kind of look at hiring an offensive coordinator, make sure you bookmark that article, save it, maybe uh, go read that, you know, right after you're done listening to this podcast. But go ahead, Zod. Yeah, I mean, you know, just to piggyback off of what John's saying, the main thing for me is this is not going to go away. And if anything, KT, I I think, you know, following your tweets and thoughts on this, you know, just how much pressure this is going to up on McCarthy. This This is it. I mean, you know, this is, everything is everything is kind of out on the table at this point you've got the quarterback you you're going to be calling the plays you're, it's your offense um there's really you have a great defense there's nothing you have Dan Quinn you got your defensive coordinator back there is nothing left now this is all on Mike McCarthy and i think that was my biggest takeaway when everything happened doesn't this feel like a a like a, a guy a head chef opening a restaurant and you hire him because he's the name, the head chef, right? And then the the guy who invested all the money comes in and be like, "This is not what I paid for." And he's like, "All right, all right, hold on, hold on. I'll 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 do the menu from now on. And give me one more shot. Let me do the menu and then make your choice, right? Doesn't that isn't that what it feels like? Like Mike can't lose his job unless he's like, I didn't even get to call the plays. This isn't my fault, you know." Sure. I, I just don't know how much the chef fought for getting to design the menu when the restaurant in the first opened. Place. Right. So there's that. And I don't know the restaurant business enough to know if it's a business where it's constant, which I, I'm very confident it's not, but I think that they're fine with the older ideas in, in most successful restaurants. The NFL business, it would be one where everybody's constantly looking for the new up and coming chef. So if that's what it takes for your business to be competitive, to get the new up and coming guy, I mean, then that's, that puts you in kind of a tough situation. And so that's what Kellen Moore was. And so that's why I think Mike was fine with, Hey, you know, he's got this, he's got this time with Dak as a player, as quarterback coach, and now as OC, let's keep this thing rolling. Uh, But then it got to a point where, okay, if this doesn't get fixed, then it's on me anyway. So it makes sense that you're going to be the one that you're going to be the one setting the menu. And you'll probably, if you're replacing that chef, you're going to probably replace them with a chef that you feel very, very comfortable with. And so um, when I say that, that means, because the only name that's out there that I think 
could get fans and it wouldn't be all because, well, let's be honest, not all fans are going to be on board with anything. Uh, you could, you could add Joe Montana's prime right now and there'd be people would find a way to bitch. Um, so, but I would say Cliff Kingsbury would be the one name where if you hired him and he was going to run the offense, I think there'd be a lot of people that are like, man, this could be, this could be interesting. This could be, you know, something different. Um, you know, he's not the head coach. I know that didn't work out with Arizona, but there's obviously things about his play calling, his offensive design that a lot of people like a lot. And so that one would be interesting, but I just don't see that happening because I don't think Cliff takes a job where he's not going to call the offensive plays. Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's where you're at kind of with that one. Yeah. No, it, it's very interesting. There's a lot of, um, of things to unweave here because, you know, uh, first of all, I mentioned Cliff. I think there's something that's very interesting. That could be the perfect thing that kind of marries the air raid system to what Mike McCarthy wants to do, which is you know not very air raid, more West Coast feel. Like that's something that could be interesting and be like a perfect marriage right there. But yeah, you're right. Someone would call the plays there and that would probably – not be Mike. And, and one thing that I do know that Cliff has a relationship with Stephen Jones. I'm sure he, he's got one with Jerry, but I know he's got a relationship with Stephen from the past. Now well, he's got a good relationship with Mike McCarthy too. I mean, he was the, yeah. he was on the practice squad of the saints team in Oh four when Mike was the uh, offensive coordinator with that team. And yeah, no, Mike thinks very highly of Cliff. I just, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. the one that, that's the one that would make the most sense where you could be like, Hey, I think this is going to be, this can, we can build on what was here and, and then sprinkle in some new things. Um, but in a way it's now, I think it's going to be Mike McCarthy calls the shots with somebody that's at OC. That is kind of just, uh, probably not someone that is an up and comer. It's, it, it's someone like a Ben McAdoo or a, um, Brian Schottenheimer, who have been in the business, who have been around the Cowboys the last couple of years, and Mike McCarthy will feel comfortable with them. I'm pretty torn on all of this just because if you go back to the beginning, I always believe that a coach deserves to bring in his own staff. And McCarthy, you know, when he took this job, probably was fine just taking the job, right? As you mentioned earlier, John, but like, you know, I... It, if he was, hey, Kellen Moore will be calling your plays. Here's the job. Well, that's great, but I also believe that's a little bit backwards. I also believe that, yes, in a lot of offenses around the league, you might want a little more. You may have problems with certain things. I can't help but feel like Kellen's been a little underappreciated. I will also say that was a bit of the problem last year at the back half of the year. We saw the uh, offense kind of tail off this year. If you want to bring up two specific small sample size playoff games against the number one defense of the league, I kind of have a problem with that. But if we have a problem with that, taking the next step and things like that, that that's fine. That all ends up okay. As well, it's, for a, me, it's, a, it's a combo platter. It's that what you just said, but it's also you end the season with your franchise quarterback looking about as bad as he's ever looked. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's trending in a good direction there. So that I think that that is just as big, if not a bigger portion of this. I was going to say that too, just because remember the whole thing, first of all, Kellen Moore is a former quarterback. So, you know, there's that he was, he was on the roster with Dak. And then the other thing is the thing that we were sold most on when McCarthy took the job was this was supposed to be Dak friendly. Remember Dak friendly offense. This was all supposed to be about Dak taking the next step. And when Dak regressed, and I do think it was regression. This year was a regression in my opinion. I don't think he like plateaued and was just the same guy that he was the year before. I mean, he had a he led the league in interceptions despite missing four games. So, I you know I think that to me played probably a bigger role than the 
two game sample size of the 49ers losses. And, and there's a good chance that all we're going to figure out is that Dak is who Dak is right. and he needed more help around him because he's not the guy that Jerry wanted him to be two years ago when he signed up that contract and talked about how he's going to have to elevate the rest of the team because they're not going to be able to spend as much in other places. Well, two years later, you know that, well, he's not going to do that. So you have to go back to putting a lot of pieces around him, whether it be an improved offensive line. And what I think, obviously, the biggest thing is is another premier perimeter option in the passing game. So with all of that said, I don't know that that's just all on Kellen Moore, but a change had to happen and they weren't, Mike McCarthy wasn't leaving and neither was Dak Prescott. So what's the next thing that makes the most sense? And And here we are. Did it have to happen though? I mean, to me, this is where I go. Just my number one option would have been to let's just help on offense and get some better players in here. That's 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 the change that I needed. I don't need to go gamble into this world. Now, the, there, trust me, there's a fun part of just knowing and letting McCarthy call plays. And once and for all, we know, right? Whatever happens, happens. And that's on him. There's something mm-hmm. great about that. Yep. There's also something to be said about a guy getting hired within 12 hours of, or 24 hours of being let go, and it's a mutual, as a mutual breakup. All right. So that tells you maybe things weren't, you know, all two thumbs up, and everyone's high five and all the time. In he the landed building. a great job too. He sure the heck did. He, he didn't. He didn't land. Uh, Offensive coordinator uh, for a CFL team. I mean, he landed yeah. one of the better offensive coordinator positions in the game immediately after. To the Bucks, you know, that was thrown out there. It's like, yeah, he's not going to the Bucks. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. He's not going to the Bucks. So, like, I, I, I just, there's something there uh, uh, probably as well. And yeah, someone's got to go, right? It, it is interesting. Seven, was it seven offensive coaches let go? Or was it seven coaches total? Either way. It's seven, but, yeah. So far, yeah. And I but I think there could be more, too, because Robert Prince, the wide receiver coach, that's a Kellen Moore guy. Um, I mean, depending on who you bring in as OC, you know, we don't know who the offensive line coach is going to be. Uh, you got Lunda Wells as the tight ends coach. Maybe they move him to a different position. There's just a lot that needs to be filled on that offensive staff that it, it, it might not, it's not going to be settled until they find out who the OC is going to be. I, I thought about you a lot uh, when thinking about this the last couple of days, John, because there's something that you always say on this podcast. It's very important to remember sometimes. Sometimes you'll say, you'll go, it's the players, all right? Talking about different things. When we bring up a lot of stuff that's always going around the Cowboys, you're very, uh, you've said it a million times on this podcast, you've come back and reminded us, sometimes it's the players. And that's what I was kind of thinking the whole time. Yes, if you want a big shakeup and we just got to have a little bit of an earthquake on offense, it's the players. I'm just saying, like, you didn't have to let Kellen go. They in house or he wanted to go. Kellen wanted, wanted to go. go. I think Kellen for sure wanted, wanted to go. I think with front office people might have been probably. And they're like, okay, that. if you find another job, go. If you don't, you can stay. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's been there was probably some philosophical differences in the offensive game planning between McCarthy and, and Kellen, and I think over the last year or two. McCarthy's been more involved. And so I think that probably factored into where they probably had some differences on some things. And yeah, it probably got to a level where they were like, you know what, let's just, uh, let's see if we can meet somewhere in the middle on this. And if we can't, then let's just go our separate ways and go in another direction. And, um, and that, that's why we are where we are right now. But like I said, I just keep going back to the fact of, I just don't see them. And this isn't a bad thing. Um, I, but I just don't see them hiring somebody that's really going to excite the fan base. And the reason I say it's not a bad thing is because I, I don't see anybody on the Philadelphia Eagles 
coaching staff that anybody in Philadelphia was real geeked about two years ago when they hired. I mean, I mean, I mean, their head coach didn't call plays before and he and he becomes the head coach. I mean, they're OC and DC. We're not guys that are just people are like, oh, these are these were the greatest hires ever. And all of a sudden you just look at them now and you're just like, well, maybe that was some pretty good hires there. I mean, uh, so just because that isn't the case, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Um, but it, I'm just saying that when they make that, that they make that announcement of who they're hiring, especially if it's a, if it's Schottenheimer or McAdoo, I, I know there's going to be a big portion of the fan base isn't going to be real thrilled about that. I have a name that's, that's not on your list, uh, John, but KT, is there anyone on his list that stuck out to you? Well, I mean, I think the one that makes the most sense is, uh, McAdoo and Schottenheimer, like John mentioned, um, the other name that that's a little fun is Zach Robinson. If you want to just go straight to the McVay tree, I mean that's like one of those guys who's just been like Lafleur, like Zach Taylor, just kind of in there. You're in the McVay tree, and you get a job somewhere, right? Um, uh, for me, I, I, also, th- I thought Brian Johnson was kind of interesting, just because, yeah, you know, from ACDC. You- yes, <laughs> which is funny you say that, Kent, because when you're looking at back. When you're looking up background on some of these guys, like those Wikipedia pages come up first for them. So that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I thought, you know, Black the fact Black. that he has he has a Dak Prescott connection and, and you know, he's been coaching Jalen Hurts, who has done the exact opposite of what we talked about, what Dak went through the last two years in terms of his two-year trajectory. Um, now, inside the division, is that something that would happen? I don't know, but... Um, but I, I thought that was an interesting name. He's also a young guy. I think he's like 35, 36 years old. So yeah. it says here on Wikipedia is 75 and that ACDC's best albums were back in black. And yeah. well, yeah, you know, he's, I he no, was I on for, for back in black. That was his first one with them. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, rock and roll hall of fame, 2003. Yeah. This sounds a lot like of, of Bond Scott <laughs> uh, aficionados would, would say they won't listen to, Brian Johnson, but I'm, bon I'm down with it. I like I both. Von Scott. I like both. Yeah. I love both. There aren't there aren't a lot of names out there though. Going back to reality here of, of yeah. the NFL world, there aren't a lot of names out there that really, like I said, I think Cliff Kingsbury's far and away the one that that would probably bring the most excitement. Um, but yeah, the rest of them, like yeah, Brian Johnson, I, I I like the idea because of what Jalen Hurts has been able to do. The fact that you'd be taking away one of the better coaches from your rival and a team that's in the Super Bowl. Dak obviously likes him. Dak's two best seasons at Mississippi State. He was the quarterback's coach. But uh, who do you got, Kemp? I was thinking of Matt Nagy. Was a head coach in Chicago. An offensive guy. Went back to KC. He's kind of hanging out with Mahomes on the bench now. I don't know if he's a head coach again. He probably will get a chance at some point. But maybe a role where he's just calling the plays and he's not the head coach would work. I don't know. I always liked him as a uh, as a coach, as a person, personality. I don't think his the offense. I'm sure if it match up with what McCarthy wants to do. Although McCarthy may want to change, right? This is the whole thing. Like my first thought is like, who needs an offensive coordinator when you've got McCarthy? Because right, I thought he was just going to be like, OC, honestly. Let him handle it, right? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, and he might. He might. I mean, he was handling it when how many years in Green Bay was oh, yeah. um, Joe Philbin on paper the OC, but Mike was calling all the plays. So, I mean, it could be that. I mean, 
it could be one of those situations where he is going to be the OC and the head coach. We don't know yet. I'm sure that'll come out in the next week or so. Um, so, but we don't know that he's not going to be that, you know, but like I said, cause you look at what was it when he was in green Bay, KT, it was like Philbin, was it Tom Clements? Like, uh, um, I'm trying to think who else, but uh, it wasn't like, Dable it wasn't like was there for a while. I'm mean, not, Dable, yeah, it wasn't uh, like his OC was just this McAdoo. No, the Seattle guy, Bevel. Oh yeah. Daryl Bevel. Yeah. So, I mean, but it wasn't like he was just like, you know, just constantly preparing the next young and up and coming guy to go on to be a head coach after that. I mean, it was some guys that, you know, he felt comfortable with, but he was the one going to, you know, be calling the plays. So it'll just be interesting because he's just going to open himself up to so much more criticism because when you're the one calling the plays too, anything that goes wrong in the game plan is on you. Anything that, that goes wrong on offense is on you twice as bad i think he's fine with that i think it's like one of those cases where it's like i'm okay with being criticized for stuff if it's my fault i'm tired of being criticized for stuff that i have nothing to do with right kellen too probably i'm tired oh, yeah. of taking heat for dak throwing picks right things yeah, like that oh, oh it'll be now fascinating it's on, to watch now that. it's on them it's on everybody's accountable this season i yeah. can't wait to watch that chargers offense because there's so much criticism of how boring kellen's offense is and there's a mm-hmm. part of me that's always been like you think maybe that's by design because that's the best way that he feels like this offense can play. Now you give him some new tools. Let's see if it's as, as boring. It's you a know? risky Let's move for LA it, to put the development of Justin Herbert in the hands of Kellen Moore. That's a risky move. I mean, I mean, they fired the last guy, so bring him in. I, yeah. I, I think Kellen's track record speaks for itself. I mean, in a year that Dak got hurt, the Cowboys somehow were in the top half of the league in a lot of the offensive yeah. metrics. That was with some Danucci out there, with some Garrett Gilbert action happening. Like, now averages and all that, and that all, you know, those numbers can be skewed a little bit, but I think Kellen's got a pretty good track record here. Yes, I get it, Cowboys fans. I've heard it all. Curl routes. I get it. I understand that. I would also argue you ain't seen curl routes yet. <laughs> okay, buckle up if you want to see some curl routes. You guys like isolation routes? Unless McCarthy changed in the barn, you're going to get a lot of isolation. And I know we live in a league now of motion and crossers and finding ways to get guys open and setting picks. You can get a lot of isolation. You know who'd be really good in isolation? A big wide receiver. Amari Cooper. Yeah, guys who can get open. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. So, but that, how much of that, though, was like, I have Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers, back then when he was a little more nimble, could, you know, there's a lot of plays being expanded and leaving the pocket and scramble drills and things like that, but always had three wide receivers. Always. Now, were they, uh, how good were they? But there was always Jordy, uh, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, a Greg Jennings, a James Jones, and it was always a full arsenal of at least three guys. Good. So that means that they're going to go get somebody then. That's great. That should that should excite fans more than anything else that we're going to talk about today then. That's what I was thinking is like, this is probably more of a double down too. You'll see from the front office, I would imagine. Or McCarthy maybe pushes a little more to, you know, maybe they go handle up. Now, how much, uh, what, what do they do at running back and tight end still yet to be seen? Will they draft a running back? How do you get a wide, another wide receiver in here is going to be a question. Like there's things they got to figure out from that regard. And also, is their offensive line? Like, are they going to move on from Tyron? Do they keep Tyron around? Like, there's a lot of things that we'll 
break down in our free agency episode. But that was the number one thing I thought of, or one of the first things I thought of when all this was going down is that means Mike's probably got the front office's ear enough to say, look, if you're let me do this, here's what I need. So you will get that. You will get those weapons. I thought you could get the weapons without letting, in my opinion, an impressive offensive mind go. That's just me. But you know, if he wanted to go too, cool. Everyone wins. I, I think for me, the other trajectory, and maybe this is just because we're watching them right now go to the Super Bowl, but if you think about Andy Reid, and he was he was the Packers quarterbacks coach with Brett Favre there and everything, and then he got the Eagles job. And I remember when they were when they had all that early century success, it was a lot like yeah, you know, you had Donovan McNabb, and then after McNabb left, you had a, a bit of a dry spell. You have like Kevin Cobb and like all those guys, but then but then he did Michael Vick, and that was like a big thing. And then he came to Kansas City and Alex Smith, and then Patrick Mahomes, and now Andy Reid is like this unmistakable. No, top offensive mind quarterback guru guy and I think Mike McCarthy really hasn't had that second chance after like you know Don McNabb is a great player in his own right and then and then Andy Reid kind of I think the Michael Vick uh situation was a big one this is for him like you know you went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now this is your chance to show you know if you're if you're truly going to be able to take that next step hell Sean Payton's going to be dealing with the same thing in Denver I mean, you know, he he did that with Drew Brees. His entire run was Drew Brees. Now let's see what you can do when you have Russell Wilson. So I think for some of these guys, like having this second-tier quarterback who's not elite, and Don McNabb wasn't elite, but, you know, you, you get my point. So I think well, I was going to say when chance. you said that, I'm like, I, I promise you when Mike McCarthy took this job, he thought he could get da- D- Dak Prescott to produce, like, at least Donovan McNabb or on a Donovan yeah. McNabb level. I'm, 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 I don't think that he thought he was getting Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, but Donovan McNabb, I'm a good player, but I, I think that McCarthy felt like with his coaching, his experience, Kellen Moore, this offense, what he'd seen from Dak – up until when he took the job, I, I'm pretty confident he felt like he, he would get that or more. The big question for me is like, Mike McCarthy, first of all, I mean, as he said, well, it's been reported, right, that he's going to call plays, but he hasn't said that, right? No, so, no, 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 you know, no. Until you know, kind of hear it from him, because right? I guess it's probably not out of – I, I, it's not 100% until like we know that for sure, right? And that's been reported, and we can believe that, but they may bring in someone else. And like you mentioned, Cliff Kingsbury, and maybe he goes, you know what? I trust Cliff to call the plays, and I'm good. You know, and I'll, yeah, I'll just yeah, have yeah totally input. possible. So yeah. Definitely possible. Uh, I would feel better about that just because I, I think that's kind of what I want, but. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm excited about him calling plays and seeing if he's involved, uh, if he's evolved. And, you know, he he got weird in Green Bay because guys got hurt too, you know, and there's some new wide receivers in the mix and things like that. And he was forced a few times to get super creative and things like that. And he, he, he did kind of start going to more of a, you know, two tight ends a lot, kind of like Sean McVay likes to do sometimes. He started doing some of that stuff, but it's like, in football, six years is an eternity. So, you know, not calling plays for six years, oh, that's not real easy to just get back in that zone, I would imagine, and then knowing just how the league has changed. I, I kind of wondered if they would just load up on offensive line, draft a running back, and turn into kind of run-heavy team. Um, although they were they ran the ball quite a bit compared to other teams in the in the league. I, I kind of wonder if that was something that, that they might look towards. We didn't even know that 
the Cowboys have had a lot of success those years. They ran the ball, 2014 and 2016. Well, that also fit, that philosophy also fits with the defense they have, so that would make some sense. But you're also well, you, really not trying to pay your quarterback over $40 million so that he has a run for his offense. But okay, go on. Yeah, no, and it's like, okay, you're going to spit a first-round pick on running back? I hope not. Yeah, Second-round pick on I, running back? I would hate that. <laughs> yeah. Second round, yeah. I'm trying yeah, to trade that first round pick, KT. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to trade that first round pick. I'm trying to I mean that's your biggest piece of ammunition this organization has. I'm trying to trade that first round pick for a proven player, whether it be a wide receiver mm. like the Eagles did with AJ Brown. I would love to add a defensive tackle if that was possible, but I would be I I'm not sitting there I wouldn't be announcing it to the rest of the league, but if I was the Cowboys, more so than most years, you know, like much like the when they went and traded uh, their first round pick to get Amari Cooper. Again, Amari Cooper didn't work out, but there was enough there that made me think that wasn't a bad idea. Oh, did you miss out on Jonathan Abram? Like, I mean, seriously, like I didn't think that that looking back on it, yeah, I didn't get him a Super Bowl, but there, there's a lot of bad, worse decisions you can make than that. And where this team is right now, like people talk about the DAC window and whatever. No, 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 we're in the Micah window. It's time to win with Micah. You want to talk about yeah. quarterbacks and rookie contracts? Let's win now before Micah becomes the highest paid player, the highest paid defensive player in the game. Like so, capitalize on that right now. I'm I am totally open to trading twenty six. Is this twenty six? Yeah, twenty seven right now. On oh, is it twenty seven? Sorry. Go go ahead, Sod. No, I, I was just gonna I was just gonna say with the Micah thing. I think that's like you know you have to. It, it's kind of like when you had to come you had to come to acceptance with the Zeke contract. It's time to just like you know make make peace with the DAC contract. You're not going to get another quarterback, whatever. And I think I think that's really a great point by John. That you know I guess even even myself like I hadn't thought about it that way. But like you really do have to win with Micah before he gets that big contract, and he's going to be the highest def- paid defensive player in NFL history. I mean every every guy at this point that that gets the big contract is, and uh, and you you should try. You have to win before that because right now Demarcus Lawrence. One thing he showed in that 49ers game is that he still has something left in the tank. Um, and, you know, yeah, he might, he might be a more of a rotational player at some point going forward, but he still has something. And, yeah, you got to win with Micah right now and, you know, get out of the Zeke contract and do what you can with Dak and give him the weapons he needs. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I throw out a trade uh, idea for you there, John? Yes. Your first round pick for T. Higgins. Why would the It'll Bengals take more trade? than that. It'll take more than that. Why would the Bengals do that? <laughs> it's good to have picks. <laughs> You'll need more than that for late first round pick to get T. Higgins. Look at I, T. Thought, Higgins I, thought, numbers. I thought you were going to say DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, well, we saw the Chiefs just have to do that. They, they – Probably didn't want to trade Tyreek Hill. They saw that they had to. Like, it was, it was more a cap type thing. Uh, they ain't doing anything with Chase. Jamar Chase is going to make a ton of money. Uh, it says, you said DeAndre Hopkins? No, Did I said, said I thought DeAndre? you were I thought you were going to say DeAndre Hopkins because nah. that was a name that was being floated out there that he wants to, uh, or they they're, they're, they could be potentially looking to move him, Arizona. No, I'm thinking about guys who are just like, contracts not like, uh, up immediately, you know, kind of right. like Amari Cooper. Yeah, maybe Chris Godwin's a name. Maybe I mean he's already been paid. T. Higgins has one one year left, so yeah, they might be looking to move on if they know they can't keep him. Cortland Sutton, you know, Broncos need to get some draft capital back. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just throwing out some names at wide receiver. I'm not, you know, showing a couple of these things because that is kind of the new. Uh, a trend at least that we've seen work a little bit as teams say, yeah, I'll give up my first round pick for a sure proven player. Why not? Why not? If I'm if we're going for it, let's get aggressive and go. And I just like my chances. Gonna, I think yeah. I like my chances a lot more plugging in a second or third round pick running back and let, and having them go out and carry the load next season. I, I expect Tony Pollard to be back, but let's just even say in that hypothetical scenario, then I feel about getting a wide receiver in the first, second, or third round and thinking that they're going to come in and elevate the offense with how much the learning curve is at wide receiver going from college to pro. I like the learning curve, or and it's really not the learning curve, it's just the way that the game is adapted from college to pro. I like my chances with a running back in the second or third round being able to make that that move and, and be an impact player year one a lot more than I like the idea of, no, 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 no. We'll take a wide receiver in the second or third round and and that guy will come in, you know, I mean, we just saw it with Jalen Tolbert, but even a first round pick at the back end of the first round, like there's no guarantee that that wide receiver is going to be ready to roll. Whereas if you, if you did trade that pick or first or second round pick, whatever, for a wide receiver, who's at least proven, I think the transition's a lot smoother, can step in and, and has a better chance of kind of hitting things off with Dak as opposed to just, oh, we'll, we'll use that pick on drafting a wide receiver. Yeah, it's a lot that can happen. And I wonder, like, if uh, I don't know if he'll fall that far. Who knows how the NFL team is going to value the running back position? I was talking to our friend Jeff Cavanaugh the other day, uh, who had a radio show with on the freak, and he was like, because I'm very against drafting running backs, but if B. John Robinson was there, because I, it's the same feeling I got when, you know, watching Saquon and Todd Gurley and Zeke and all these guys, and goes, at 26, and I don't have any first round players left. Like, I, it's kind of against everything I stand for, but he's like, I might do it. <laughs> and well, that was pretty interesting, man. It's pretty sexy, at least, and fun to think about. You know, it's you know, what kind of uh, like 
you know, in the NBA or in the NHL and NBA, um, the, the draft comes before free agency. And I think that's where if the draft came before free agency and you had Bijan Robinson, then you let Tony Pollard walk and you, you get out of the Zeke thing and, and, you know, you ride Bijan. I still think that, you know, with, with free agency going first, you got to make the decision on Tony Pollard. If you have Tony Pollard, then I'm still, you know, I'd still rather get a running back in the second or third round than get him in the first round because this team has too many holes. I just don't know how you sit there if you're Jerry Jones and two years ago, you see how aggressive Tampa Bay is. They get to Super Bowl, win the NFC, win the Super Bowl. Then you see how aggressive the Rams are. They win the NFC, win the Super Bowl. And then now, even if that didn't hit home enough, now you watch your most hated rival do the exact same thing, go and win the NFC and have a really good chance of winning the Super Bowl. Like if that isn't, I don't know how many times it has to happen in a row for you to sit there and look at. And here's the other thing. It's not like this is a young roster. I mean, Dak is not young anymore. He's going to be 30. Like now's the time. And if that means that two or three years from now, then you got to rebuild it. Well, then you got to rebuild it. But at least, you know, empty the clip here. What are we doing? Like no Rams fan, no Ram. I don't think anybody in the Rams organization looks at this year, the, the year they had, which was injury riddled anyways, but would, would go back and do anything different. I, I, well, what, I, about I think, the, what about the Eagles from it? Like yeah. they go and win it all in 17 and it's not like they made a bunch of great moves. I mean, the Wentz thing, you'd think that if in, in back in 2017, if, if, if I would have laid out how everything happened, like there's a ton of moves that the Eagles made that le- leave you scratching your head from the head coaching hire that they made. I mean, just go back and read any articles from any Eagles writer after after they made that head coaching hire, after you, you moved on from Doug Peterson. Like nobody was thinking that they would turn around this quick, but they were super aggressive and they went out and, and this offseason, they made the moves to fill holes that they needed to fill. And yeah, they probably will pay for it. But guess what? It sounds like a lot of fun to have to pay for it when it means that you got to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, the Eagles, at least you know, the thing about the Rams where they don't participate in the draft, right? Uh, the Eagles found a way to participate everywhere. Adding picks, free agency, and trades. All of it. So they found a way to participate in all three phases. We've seen the Cowboys sit out of free agency how many years now? I mean, and the Cowboys draft way better than all the, all three of the teams that I yeah. just said that went all in. So I'm not Absolutely. saying that they're that they're that they need to do every bit of every one of those moves that those teams did. You know, the the yeah. Bucks obviously went and got Tom Brady, which led to Gronk and Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette and all that. Like I don't think the Cowboys are that far away. I really don't. I watched that Eagles team play. I watched the Niners play. I don't think the Cowboys are that far away. It, but go out and make an aggressive move. Like go out and, and fill a hole you, with a, with a proven player. You kind of have to this year too. The the free agent receivers class is awful. So many teams are looking for receivers. Like if you want a quality player, you got to go make a move, like a, a legit move. Well, watch the um, team that beat you twice in the twice uh, two years in a row in the playoffs. Watch them go get aggressive at quarterback this offseason. Mm. Like you think <laughs> they're coming back with what they have just right. like that. I don't know. I they don't might know. see this I never thought Tom, that. Brady, I never thought Tom Brady story I, today uh, dropped by Mike Sando. Yeah, I never thought that they would have Garoppolo still on the roster a year later. So it's, that's they're a tough they're a tough one to put their finger on there. So I don't know. Also, real quick on them, like with them losing again, like I get it. You'd much rather be the 49ers than the Cowboys. I mean, they've had a lot much more recent success. But the fact that it's like we know how good they've been recently and for them not, not to get over the hump in any of these, like not win any, get not to walk away with any Super Bowls here. Maybe they go get Brady. Maybe they do it next year, but 
if this keeps going in this direction, it's just kind of like, man, I think we'll look back at that 49ers team and be like, I can't believe this team didn't win one, you know? And yeah. and if they don't, it'll be because of the quarterback. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good point. Also, you know, when you talk about wide receivers, it, it takes some time sometimes for these late first round guys to to bloom or whatever. Well, Brandon Ayuk was taken in the same draft as C.D. Lamb and taken like six, seven picks later. So I don't think that, you know, I, I think he was taken like 24, 25 or something like that. So I'm not like, I don't think that, you know, necessarily look at Jalen Tolbert, right? I mean, absolutely. Like he was not talented enough to, to do whatever, but I also think he was a little misused in the way that they put, how much they put on his plate and everything like that. So I think a lot of it, my point is, is it has to do with the usage as well. And I think that's where it's going to be interesting with McCarthy now being kind of in charge. Well, I mean, we can just go back to last year's draft. Let's just say it's last year's draft class, but it's with this year's picks. Let's say you're the Cowboys. You're like, we're dressing receiver. You know, they're not saying it publicly. I'm saying they're in the, they're in the room talking amongst themselves and saying, we're, we're taking the best receiver at the end of with our first round pick. So tail end of first round. So if, if you had those players off of last year's draft, we're talking about Christian Watson. So if you had Christian Watson, who for much of the season wasn't doing very much for the Packers. And then obviously he had the breakout game against the Cowboys and that stepped it up. Like, do you really think that's elevating this wide receiver core next season? It might in like two or three years, but for next season, like I don't know that Christian Watson even has that season if it isn't for Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, that, so there's one, uh, let's see who'd be the next wide receiver. Uh, Wendell Robinson to the giants. Get hurt. John Mechie to the Texans. No quarterback. Tyquan Thornton to the Patriots. George Pickens to the Steelers. He had a good year. So George Pickens, if they took him at the end of the first round there, like you'd be like, oh, no, no, no. Offense back on track. Here we go. No. I can't see that. Sky Moore, can't see that happening year one. Nope. Uh, Alec, Alec Pierce for the Colts. Decent year, but still no. Yeah, I mean, and now we're already we're already at the now we're already to the third round. Well, yeah, you know, you paid Michael Gallup like he was Chris Godwin, and he did not play like he was Chris Godwin. <laughs> so, and and I do think your- he'll be better next year, being two years removed from the knee injury. But oh. you were hoping that was going to happen this year. You were hoping you were going to get Jalen Tolbert more from Jalen Tolbert than you did. I don't think you can do hope again. Like you got to go out and, and, you and do bank. something. Yeah. yeah, you got to bank on it, not hope on it. Especially because uh, here's my other thing. Like, if you're losing Dalton Schultz, that takes away the, the guy that was Dak was second most comfortable with behind CeeDee Lamb. So you're already losing a piece there in your in your passing game. So I don't, you know, I don't know how you go into next season with just being like, no, 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 we're going to bring back Noah Brown. Jalen Tolbert's going to contribute something, and Michael Gallup's going to be better. Here we go. Ferguson Hendershot is the tight ends. Like I look at that and I'm like, I don't know who your offense coordinator is, but that doesn't look like that's going to get you any further than you got this year. So we've been talking about the offense the whole time. And you know, the news of the week from the beginning is that Dan Quinn's coming back. We haven't even got there. So let's finish the rest of the podcast talking about the defense. And were you surprised when uh, the news came down that Dan Quinn was coming back? I was, I was, I just, I mean, it makes me wonder. We'll never know for sure, but it makes me wonder how, committed these other teams were to him being their head coach um because yeah. i don't see you doing all these interviews the last two years if you didn't significantly want to become a head coach and you know this this sean payton thing's coming down now with denver and um uh, 
Yeah, D'Amico's going to Houston. Frank Reich is going to Carolina. So what does that leave? Arizona? Um, Indy? You know, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he didn't really like those jobs as much, and maybe he looked at the job he had, and let's be honest, I mean, there's probably, I mean, he's very well paid. He's one of, if not the highest paid assistants in the game, but then you add in there that, hey, if things don't go for well for McCarthy in this offense, he could easily be elevated to head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, and to him, that's probably a better job than any of the ones he's interviewed for, so um, I'm not saying that's why, like, I mean, I, I do think him and Mike have a good working relationship in that, but I, I don't know how you wouldn't have that somewhere in your mind. Um, and so, yeah, no, it makes, it makes sense then if, if he wasn't going to get one of those jobs that he really wanted, or he didn't like what he heard from those teams in terms of what they were going to, what their vision was and things like that, then by all means you could do a lot worse than coming back for a third season as, as defensive coordinator of a team that has arguably the best defensive player in the game. You know, you're just talking. Uh, I'm going, kind of going back a little bit because I now that I've caught up on Twitter and seen the Sean Payton news. Um, you're just talking about the wide receivers. You could maybe get at pick 26 and kind of going around in that area. When you give up, was the Saints are getting the Broncos' 29th pick in the draft there and a second rounder next year? Would you? Well, I know. I know. I think we all might, might feel very similarly about Sean Payton at this point in his career. But how much do you think Jerry would have thought about giving up number 26 and a second rounder next year for Sean Payton? Um, I don't think he would have given up the draft capital. I think he would have went with Dan Quinn before he did that if he wanted to make a head coaching change. Um, this would have to just been a, a disaster of a year where the defense didn't look good, the offense didn't look good, and it just all the signs were there that it's going in the wrong direction. And then – then you'd be willing to do that because you're just like, well, we got to make a move now. You know, uh, we, the, you know, it, Sean Payton is clearly the answer. That would have to be your thought process there. But from what you saw this year, I don't know how you could feel that way. I understand like the taste that's left in your mouth because of the fact that, yeah, you lose in the divisional round, you lose to the Niners again. I get all that. But like, I don't see how you watch your team win 12 games back to back seasons and you haven't seen that happening for your organization forever. The way that they played against Tampa Bay winning a, a road playoff game again. Yeah. They lose to the Niners, but even that it's not like you've got your doors blown off or anything. I mean, that game was right there for you. I don't know how you would feel that you're that far away. Um, and so because of that, I don't, I don't think that that ever came in, into play. Now, if it was looked like a train wreck and this thing was just, Hey, the, Mike's not the right guy. Uh, we want to just make a, you know, clean sweep. Then I can see giving up those picks to go get Sean Payton. But I just don't, I don't see it being enough of an upgrade for free without the picks, let alone to then have to give up the picks. Yeah. It's very, I mean, that's, that's a lot for him, but ultimately let's say he does fix Russell Wilson. Then it's like, Oh, um, and then if I was just having fun, I could say, what if he fixed Dak Prescott? Then is it sure. worth it? Um, but maybe Mike McCarthy could fix Dak Prescott. Or maybe Dak Prescott is not that broken. Oh, a lot of Cowboys yep. fans aren't going to like that take, but I actually kind of believe it that he's not that broken. He's a little broken. Oh, I don't think it's that hard to sit there and think that that's the case when just watch how he played against Tampa Bay. I don't care who you play that again. You can play that way against one of the worst teams in the league. And that's enough to show you like, yeah, I don't know, man. I, th I still think this guy's got it, let alone on the road in a wild card playoff game. And also go look at, go look at 
Go look at the box scores. They're on the internet. Go look at them. Go find me who go find me a, a quarterback that put up a better game against Tampa Bay in the last two years. I know their defense so bad. We have this this we just th- think of just the last thing we saw. Okay, yeah, Bucks defense worst I've ever seen. Cool. Go show me a quarterback that put up better numbers than what Dak did in that game. I can't wait to see it. You know, it's uh, hard to accept is the fact that the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl based on beating the Giants and Mister Irrelevant. Oh yeah, yeah, and it wasn't even Mister Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah, that yeah. is. The easiest road to the Super Bowl of all time. So no one ever tell me getting that number one seed doesn't matter. Holy cow. Yeah. That's amazing. Then, no, it really is. Who knows how you know that what, what that game would have been like. Maybe it's the uh Giants and maybe you get uh Philadelphia coming to you, you know. But it's uh just unbelievable how close that could have been. Talk about the games that you could have won down the I mean, stretch. Not having, not a decent having position. Not having Tony Pollard, I felt the Eagles would have beaten the Cowboys, especially at home. If that, if let's say the Cowboys get by the Niners and go there, but it wouldn't have been a beat down like that. That's that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, that is ridiculous. I mean, also I can't think of another game of any meaning where you literally didn't have anybody that could throw the ball like the entire second half. Like, who's going to win that game? I don't care how many playmakers you have and how special you know your your weapons are and how good your offensive line is and how good your defense is. If your quarterback in twenty twenty three cannot throw a football, you're not beating anybody. Yeah, my proposal to the competition committee is the sod rule in the playoffs, where sod is the QB3 yeah. of every uh, team who wants to yeah. carry you know, two quarterbacks. Sod is the guy ready to go, full uniform. He goes to all the nationally televised games. Yeah. For yeah, each team. I mean- I mean, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's not a wild idea. I think having a third, having a third person, you know, just available on hand. I mean, hockey kind of does that with the uh, emergency goalie, right? Where the the mm-hmm. e bug, where they come out and whoever. Now that's for both teams. It's kind of like you know when you play pickup football and you have an all time quarterback. Um, like it's kind of like that. But I, I think you should be able to address a third quarterback without it counting against your roster spot. See, I don't at all. I I I don't want to see that ever happen. I like the strategy part of knock this guy out of the too. game. You can win the game. Knock him out of the game. That's on that's on you to keep your quarterback healthy. I, I and, and to have two quarterbacks that on on the roster that are active that that are healthy like that. That's your fault if that happens to you. Yeah, don't, but, don't but, block Hassan Reddick. Yeah, but every other he'll, every other position though, though, you can lose two guys and be fine. You lose two guys at quarterback, you're done. That's that sucks. I kind of I'm kind of with Saad. I'm kind of like let your. At least have your practice squad quarterback at the game so he can that suit would, up. That and would play have to happen. To. That would have to be like an everyday thing. Like I hate the idea of like one thing happens and everyone's like, no, no, change it right now. Change it. It happened one time. Like this is not like some this is some big to be honest with you. Happened in COVID too. They didn't have quarterbacks. Remember that? The Denver Broncos in the COVID year. They really didn't have one even that's because of COVID. And and, and, and to be honest with you, isn't the Eagles shouldn't have been the team that was losing the quarterback? They're the one that had the hurt quarterback going into the game. You have uh, the best defense in the NFL, Niners. How are you not getting any solid licks on, on Jalen Hurts, forcing them to have to put Gardner Minshew in the game? That's how you win that game. Yeah, my my only my only thing with that is, look, like you said, John, like it's not something that happens all the time. So just let it, just let there be, let let a third quarterback dress for no reason. And the only reason why I say that. Is because when you when I watched that game, it was borderline unwatchable at that point. And a, a third quarterback might not be that much better, but Christian McCaffrey throwing to a bunch of real estate and the deep left side of the field is just not something that 
I really want to watch in an NFC Championship game. I'd rather I'd rather there be a third quarterback who comes in and is at least capable of doing something. Yeah, I just I don't think it's like a problem that happens very often. And I don't 45, either. I don't. Forty five million people still watch the game, so it is what it is. Yeah, you would get a better game, but you can if it's not that, then it's we'll go to the other game, and it's a it, and it's tied going down in the final minute, and then it's just all about. Oh, should we go with who won? No, this is what we'll do. We'll bitch about the refs. So it's always going to be something. It'll never be two teams play. The game's over. Just like, man, that was a great game. I shouldn't say never because that does happen from time to time, but it is such an outlier. It's always because of something. So-and-so got hurt. The refs made this call. Then this happened. You can't adjust to every single thing like that. I mean, I just if it became a big thing where this was happening all the time, I would totally buy in with you. But if we're going to make any changes about this type of stuff, to be honest with you, if we're going to add a third quarterback in, you get a third quarterback, that's fine. Then on the other side of it, then if I'm a defense, if I'm if I'm on the defense and, and, and your team gets another quarterback, then I want this from you. Your offensive tackles can't kick step the way that they're allowing these guys to kick out before the ball's even snapped. It's just ridiculous to watch like how that, that stuff's going on. And I understand in the rule book, it's technicality and stuff like that. But watching that over and over again, I, I just I just don't like the way that, that it's going in that direction. Well, it, you can also like you know not carry your seventh defensive back or your you know, eighth offensive lineman who doesn't get into the game or whatever. Well, your third that, quarterback's gonna like, have to play on special teams then. Yeah, yeah. Your third quarterback's fine. gonna have to be a gunner. Have an athlete. Mm-hmm. Now, here's yeah, for as much of a god for as much of a god as everyone makes Kyle Shanahan out to be, and hey, he's a great coach. We all like. Yeah, that, he was right? on his fifth quarterback. Yeah, let's I maybe. Uh, well, good. how about let's maybe let's challenge the play right there because when the guy gets up and he's yelling "huddle up," I didn't catch it. I didn't catch it. Huddle up. Maybe, yep. maybe there's a side chance. B. Well, you can't just throw. Don't run the clock out. You can't just throw I the a, flag. I have a better though. chance of winning. I have a better chance of winning. Well, hold on. Let's well, just talk about that one. You can't just go. Oh, they're huddling up real fast. Throw the red flag. I mean, you have to have someone up in the booth from your side tell you, "Hey, we got we got the replay of it, man. He didn't catch that." And yeah. so maybe they need to adjust the way that they do things up top. But from where he's standing, I mean, let's be honest. When you're watching it live shots off of TV and even their second replay, it never yeah. showed any of that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. you don't even know. You think that it's fine. Like, and who's to say that players wouldn't be faking that anyway? Running around saying like, hey, huddle up, let's go, let's go, let's go to force you to throw your challenge flag so you can then lose it if you challenge it because he knows he caught I, it. I know, I get it. I, mean, I don't fault po- Kyle Sheehan on that no, one. That, that was so bang, bang. I want to poke a hole in his boat though. That's all I'm, that's all I'm doing here. Because uh, I agree. Also this though. The best way to keep yourself in that game is not to just run the clock out to a defense that knows you're going to run the ball. You're better off letting Christian McCaffrey throw the football. You're better off. Incompletions are good for you at that point. Yeah, and I, I just don't think hear that it doesn't a, matter because it kind of does. Pick, they were though. in the game. They were yeah. in the game. Like it's. You know, I, I, it's I just, I just think that you can say coaching all you want. Uh, when old Johnson fumbles that just basic snap. Right before halftime, uh, you can go ahead and give me a sideline full of Vince Lombardi's with Tom Landry and Bill Belichick, and there's only so much you're going to coach. When the team's watching that stuff go down, uh, there's at the end of the day, that, that one's going to go ahead and kill the spirit there. I'm just going to say that. I mean, full circle he's there, not very right good. It's the players, John. Full exactly. circle, it's the players. All right, well, next week, what are we thinking? Kent, we'll talk about... Well, A, we'll find out if we get a new offensive coordinator. We'll see if we get this coaching staff filled out. B, we'll probably finally do a bit of a should they stay or should they go 
hmm. with the free agents. Yeah. And maybe whatever else. It's the Cowboys. So God knows, <laughs> you know, we we have seven other topics that pop up out of nowhere because the Cowboys never stop. What kind of news are they going to try to make Super Bowl week? The Eagles out there making all kinds of all kinds of noise. Dak Prescott contract extension. <laughs> Jimmy's ring of honor. <laughs> yeah, right. Jerry doesn't want to steal the headlines curse. that bad. I mean, he <laughs> wants to steal headlines, but he doesn't want to go that bad. <laughs> we'll be here. Well, there's a better chance of them announcing a Dak Prescott contract extension than Jimmy going in the ring of honor. Better chance of finding another illegitimate child. Yeah. Or, yeah. Jer- or Jimmy into the ring of honor. Wow. Um, I'll go with the illegitimate child, KT. Oof. I, it's yeah, I already know. happened once, so I why don't know not? How you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The batting odds are clearly in favor of that. <laughs> that doesn't go for Jerry. That goes for like every probably NFL owner, <laughs> I imagine. Like, I was going to say everybody. <laughs> honestly, I was going to put it at it isn't even about like job or anything. It's literally dollar amount. Tell me how much money the person's worth and the percentages go up yeah, considerably. 100%. You know, I mean, just think of the human nature of it. It's the whole idea of like, it's kind of like, I, I shouldn't even take it down this, but I'm going to. It's kind of like when I'll have friends tell me how like, I can't believe blah, 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 athlete or whatever, like cheated on their wife or whatever. I'm like, I, I agree. It's wrong. Um, but you don't know like the option, the options they have are not the options you have. And it's like, when you get to that level, I can, I can I can understand it a little bit more, and it's the same thing with the, when you make a certain kind of amount of money, you believe you can get out of anything yeah. because you have. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so exactly. because that happens, what is that? What is that? What is that reward? What kind of behavior does it do? More crazy stuff. I mean, seriously. So it's not right. I'm not saying any of this is right. I'm just saying that <laughs> uh, that's how fact. that's how life works. Yeah. Look around. Always get someone ready to give you a paper to sign. Oh, an NDA. Well, I mean, just think right. about like you did something like really stupid and you got arrested, KT. And because you're worth so much money, you got completely thrown out. Nothing happened to you. It never got in the newspapers. Uh, you had to do a settlement, but nobody found out about it or whatever. So you're out of it. Happens all the time. Don't you think that just in, in, in your mind, you'd sit there and go, well, I guess I can get away with that if that happens again, as opposed to most people would be like, I will never do that ever again. I had all this embarrassment. I had all this happen to me. I lost all this money. But if you get away with it, it doesn't really hurt you. The chances are you're probably going to do whatever that thing is again. Sure. I mean, it's not even like it's not even something that, you know, you have to go with rich people. I mean, (laughs) I think it's not a funny example, but drunk driving. I mean, people that don't get caught, they keep doing it. And then once you get caught, you kind of learn. But um, so yeah, I, I think that's, that, that definitely applies. It's an enabler, right? Money though is a great enabler for times like these or anytime, any, anytime you're allowed to get, you know, more than like three chances, two chances, three, four, five chances. Wow. We got morally weird at the end of this one. <laughs> Kellen Moore's Dark. gone. Mike McCarthy's probably calling plays. Dan Quinn is back. Make sure that you read John's piece. He's got seven names you might want to keep an eye on for new Cowboys offensive coordinator. Um, I don't want to oversell it too much because I don't want you going in there thinking that John was, you know, uh, whittling up just some crazy, uh, like, who's it throwing out like all these like great college names or anything, you know? Well, yeah, I was uh, trying to be realistic, but I do like Ken's Matt Nagy. I, that's, that, that is an interesting. interesting take, yeah. Um. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot, a lot to get to there. We'll be back 
later, uh, or we'll be back next week with another episode, and geez, I don't even have to tease it, because you never know what the hell the Cowboys are going to do, so <laughs> we'll have our Super Bowl picks as well, uh, of course, our uh, Rihanna song predictions or something, I don't know, man. <laughs> for Assad, for John, for Kent, I'm KT, we'll see you next week on another edition of About Them Cowboys. Austin Powers.